This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show for the episode of our Raw Reaction series, the Arsenal Transfer Show, your daily show in which we give you guys all the latest Arsenal transfer information, keep you guys up to date with what's been going on. We are now on episode 41, 41 days in a row now um, as we eat towards, I mean, I was about to say eat towards the halfway point. We're, we're nowhere near the halfway point. <laughs> There are so many more days to go until I even think about this being halfway through. We're still, of course, at the start of the European Championships as well. Uh, seeing the games get underway, there's lots of stuff that we're going to talk about. I do imagine that there is it's going to start to slow a little bit regarding Arsenal transfer news, especially as we get into the real kind of crucial uh, back-end stage of the group stage, uh, just because there's so much football going on, not only in Europe, but of course the Copa America situation as well. And there is lots to talk about. Good morning, guys. I hope you are all well. I hope you're doing good uh, and that you're enjoying your time. Oh, it's a weekend, isn't it? I've, I lose track of days at this point because, I, as I say, I only get Friday off. It's my only day off. So uh, I lose track of days these these days anyway. But uh, it's a pleasure to have you with us and we will get into it. Um, now, obviously, for me, there's only really one place to start uh, today's show. And whilst this is an Arsenal uh, giving you guys the updates about transfer news and updates about what's going on with Arsenal, what you do know about this show is that we don't avoid talking about uh, important stuff. Uh, and this this was really um, probably one of the scariest moments um, for a lot of people, including myself, watching a game yesterday. Um, it, and I could not talk about it Um because I think it would be, I don't think it'd be right to just ignore it as if ignored it, it didn't happen because it, it was really, really uh, scary. And I, all I want to say is obviously, first of all, wishing Christian Eriksen the absolute best um, in his recovery from what is a horrible thing to happen to someone. Um, and also a, a huge amount of appreciation goes out to the officials, the, the players, I mean, the Denmark players that have had to, deal with that situation and play a game as well. I mean, fair play to them for saying that they wanted to continue. Um, fair play and respect 
to all of them for, for doing that. And uh, and the officials, Anthony Taylor, reacted so quickly. Um, and when we in England give our referees a hell of a lot of stick, um, it's fair to say, for uh, a lot of reasons related to, to football. But when it comes down to actually acting in the right place, right time, right moment, um, Anthony Taylor was was excellent in, in reacting in the right way, as was uh, special mention to, to Kier, the Danish centre-back, unbelievable reactions and knowing what to do and noting that something was wrong and alerting the right people. Uh, and also, uh, of course, everyone that was in the ground, I mean, to have to sit there and be in the stadium and witness that must have been must have been uh, just a different level um, of, of emotions going through. And finally, to, to the, the broadcasters that were involved, the commentators, the, the presenters, the pundits that have had to speak about that situation um, for what I thought was, was far too long, um, to be honest. I'm not going to go into my final details of the criticisms of the coverage. I think that's pretty much well documented on social media. Um, but to, yeah, to be put in that situation um, is, yeah, it must be extremely, extremely difficult to have to talk through that um, as well. But so everyone involved that in that situation, obviously thoughts are, are with everyone and it would have been wrong, in my opinion, to uh, to do a show. And of course, we were meant to do a show yesterday um, at, I think I said five, five, five o'clock, uh, six o'clock, something like that. Um, but we were going to do a tactical breakdown on Tyler Adams. And I spoke to Manuel, I, I DM'd Manuel Veth, who's the guy, um, the German expert that we've got coming on from Transfermarkt, the website, um, to give us the insight on Tyler Adams. And I messaged him saying, look, I, I'm not going to, I don't think it's right to, to go ahead with the show um, until we know more information. At the time, we didn't know anything about what was going on. Um, so I didn't think it was the right thing to do um, regarding going ahead with the show. And obviously, when someone else is coming on the show, like you've got a guest on, and basically how we do the tactical breakdowns is obviously I get them to record something and then I show it to you guys live. Um, and it wouldn't have been fair for me to play a video with someone speaking when they've got no control over when that's going live. So it was only the right thing to do to message uh, Manuel and, and ask him when he was comfortable. So we are going to release this today. Um, now we know that thankfully Ericsson is in a much more stable situation, thank God. Um, and we're going to do this show probably later on in the evening um, because I've got quite a busy afternoon. Um, and so there's probably going to be some shows towards the latter end of the day. This one, I imagine, will go out uh, later in the evening, probably around uh, seven-ish, maybe, uh, and then one probably after the uh, the second game, or maybe at half-time would be a good time to do it. I'll try and release them so I'm not clashing with the European games for obvious reasons, so you guys can watch them. Um, but we've got another one coming out as well, which I'll tell you about in a second. But that kind of covers everything that I wanted to say about that situation. Um, and yeah, I wanted to make sure it was just there. Were, I didn't want to put any content out, uh, out yesterday because it wouldn't have been right um, at all. But it was important to address it, and I can see a lot of you guys in the chat box agree. So there you go. Anyway, let's let's move on to, to what you've tuned in for, which is of course talking about Arsenal's transfer news. And there is a bit to talk about, even though it is slowing down a little. Uh, we have got a few things that we need to discuss. First story we're going to look at is Bernd Leno. Now the Bernd Leno stories coming out so far are about the German goalkeeper is very much a player that Arsenal are willing to let go this summer. We know that Arsenal are interested in Andre Onana. We know that Arsenal are interested in bringing back Matt Ryan, who is also drawing interest from Celtic. 
Um, but the reports that came out yesterday detailed that Mikel Arteta is, in fact, very open to seeing Bernd Leno leave. And if a right offer comes in, then they are open to sell. Now, it's a very loose report. It doesn't tell us too much about a lot of that we already know, to be honest. But what is interesting is to kind of speculate about what that right price is, because Bernd Leno costs us around £25 million. And obviously, for a player of... I was about to say a player of real quality. And I think that whilst he is a good goalkeeper, I think obviously in terms of his consistency and some of the mistakes that he's made, it's really difficult to to try and make a judgment about how much his price has gone up since we bought him. Because I wouldn't necessarily say with the pandemic situation and everything to do with that, it's very difficult to make a judgment about what he could go for, what he could fetch. I, I think a fee of around the same price, to be honest, would be something Arsenal would be open to to selling he's got less years on his contract obviously i wouldn't say he's necessarily improved greatly and the pandemic all those factors for me would say that around a similar fee of 25 to 30 million pounds i think would would be more than fair uh, at the moment for Arsenal to accept especially when they seem to be able to get Andre Onana for a very very reasonable price because of the situation with the the ban um I can see lots of you commenting i will go we're going to try and swiftly go through these stories and then we'll get your thoughts uh, in the chat box with the Q&A show at the end. So our next story uh, revolves around a player that we've already looked at. Yeah, Inguiedo Rodriguez, the Argentinian midfielder from Real Betis. Um, as I said, we have already covered him. So if you want to know a lot about this guy, you can by going back onto the channel and watching. Uh, I'll make sure I leave a link to that. It'll be up there somewhere on the top of the screen uh, if you're watching on playback. Um, but Inguiedo Rodriguez, Real Betis midfielder, supposedly... Uh, Arsenal are very much able to get this guy for a much cheaper figure than once thought. Supposedly, his price, which had around a 70 million ish buyout clause, has dropped considerably. His actual asking price is around the 26 million pound figure. Which, if you've actually seen this guy and you've watched this guy, he is really good. Um, he's a really good player and certainly someone that's improved Real Betis a hell of a lot. Um, he's away with the Argentinian national side at the moment. Uh, and for 26 million pounds, that is uh, a really, really good price for someone of this level. Um, so if you want to find out a lot about him, how his statistics compared to the lack of Granite Xhaka, Basuma and Thomas Partey, then you can um, by going out and checking out the video on the channel. So please make sure you do go and have a look at that one. Let's go on to our next story then uh, and go to uh, Yakin Correa, the uh, Argentinian attacking midfielder slash kind of second striker um, from Lazio. Now, we are obviously going to do a tactical breakdown on him, and that, I'm hoping, was also going to come out for you today. So, fingers crossed, you do have two tactical breakdowns uh, for Tyler Adams and for Yakin Correa today. That's the plan. Um, my my immediate uh, reaction to this is that it's paper talk. Um, I, I don't think this is a, a genuine kind of story um i think this is very much uh one of those agent hype ones i might be completely wrong but i just don't get a feeling that this has a lot of weight to it and i'm not that excited about it either if it was true i certainly wouldn't be going yay arsenal linked with correa because he's not a player that excites me let's say when we were talking about rodrigo de Paul the other day that the drop in my excitement from a link to him to Yakin Correa is very different. I've not seen loads of him in for Lazio, but I did see a lot of him for Sevilla. Um, and the way I described him at Sevilla is he's a bit hit and miss um, with his performances. And when I spoke to 
uh, a friend of mine who does watch a lot of Italian football. And I said when he was at Seville, I thought he was very much a bit of a hit and miss. And he said that's exactly how he would describe him at Lazio uh, as well. So he's flair. He's got some tricks. He's good on the ball. He's a technical dribbler. He can take players on. But consistency is a big problem in, in his game. Uh, and so I would say that if Arsenal are interested in him, it must be because he is far down their list of um, priorities. Um, so I think that's that's certainly one to take with a pretty big grain of salt at the moment. Um, if anything changes, of course, we'll talk about it. But I do plan on doing tactical breakdown, of course, just to keep you guys up to date and in, uh, informed and educated about who he is and what he's about so you guys can make a, a genuine assumption on him. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not keen. On this guy, it's fair to say. Let's move on to our what I believe is our final story of the day, um, and that revolves around Ives Basuma or Eve Basuma. Sorry, I do that every time. Uh, Eve Basuma. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this guy. Um, I know he's gone under a little bit of the radar recently uh, for Arsenal fans. If you want to know any more about him, he's a he plays for Brighton. Uh, he's a Mali international. He's a central midfielder, could play as a six or an eight. I know I'm telling you stuff that you clearly don't know. You don't know anything about him, obviously, because I don't think he's not been that much talked about uh, ever at Arsenal. Um, and <laughs> uh, but obviously, speaking more seriously, uh, an exclusive from 90 Men came out that Arsenal are stepping up their interest. Now, you know, res respect to 90 Men, um, but you know when you see those exclusive stories that come out and they say Arsenal are stepping up their interest in a player? It's a very safe exclusive. It's very safe to say that. Um, <laughs> we are stepping up our interests. It's like saying, yes, I'm stepping up my interest in getting a Mackie D for lunch. But it doesn't mean I'm going to get one. Um, and it doesn't mean that you could have a go at me if I don't because I've just said, oh, I'm, st I'm stepping up my interest in it. Um, <laughs> I'm just, you know what I mean? It's just a little bit... Yeah, um, but you know, props to, to <laughs> for making the story. Uh, but I just think it's it's a bit, yeah, you know, if great, great. Um, oh my god, what's is that true? Did they really say that Correa is a replacement for Granite Xhaka? Oh my god, if that's true, Jesus. Um, anyway, sorry, that really took me for a second. <laughs> I saw that comment. Surely that's not true. Um, anyway, Basuma is obviously a player that all the basically the whole of the Arsenal fan base by this point, bar a small percentage, would like to see at the club. Um, and I would love to see him at the club. I think he'd be a perfect player for us to sign. Um, there is an obsession. I use the word obsession a lot with him, and I think there genuinely is. Um, but yeah, I, I, we're just gonna have to wait on this one because he clearly wants the move. We clearly want him to get the move. And <laughs> you wanted to get the move. But Arsenal are being very, uh, they're not, you know, they're, Arsenal are being a bit weird about this, which is strange because surely if he is so desperate for the move, then it's a move that Arsenal could get done more favourably. Because if you're thinking about the fact that he is very much a player that wants to go, that's going to lower his price or lower the ability for Brighton to negotiate upwards. Arsenal are going to be in a better position to negotiate downwards because they know that Basuma uh, is very much keen on the move to Arsenal. So it, it does confuse me. It confuses me a bit why Arsenal aren't being a little bit more aggressive with this. I also don't really get why 
why the club may think, and I'm, this is purely speculation at this point, I'm not going to pretend like this is fact, but if Arsenal are interested, of course, in Sambi Lokonga, which for the best of our knowledge, we believe they are, he is a relatively cheap player, about 50 million euros. And I feel like the way that we could get Basuma around 30 million pounds is you could get both. And I'd be really, really, and I don't want to come across as greedy, but I do think that it's smart of Arsenal to buy your marquee figure, buy your player that's transitioned to the Premier League already in Basuma, and go and get Lokonga as well. Get your 21-year-old. Get your get your prospect. It's pretty cheap. It's a smart bit of business. You're going to make profit on him. That That's, you know, I, I just feel like it's the smarter play for Arsenal. Um, and I think that Lokonga is a great player, a, a player full of potential and can do everything that, the, or rather will be able to do everything that Basuma can do right now. And I think he maybe even has a higher ceiling than Basuma. But Arsenal right now, if they want a player that's going to make a big impact on their team, you know, you need to be going for this guy because he's he's top talent. And uh, yeah, I think he would suit us really, really well. Let's move on then to the final part of the show, which is, of course, getting your thoughts and feelings in the chat box, getting your questions answered as well and going through a lot of your thoughts about the different players that we've been linked to. Uh, Social says, I think Tom is obsessed with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> always going on, oh, I just can't get enough of Basuma, mate. I just can't just can't get enough of him. It's just, yeah, I love it. Um, thanks, KJ. I'm not going to read out your comment because it's a bit, <laughs> you know, I appreciate it for the ego, mate, but I'm not going to read it out. Uh, Rich Cosford says, morning, Tom. I'm seeing more and more links with Van der Beek. Uh, I liked him and wanted him before he went to United, but his lack of playing time concerns me. I saw them too, Rich. I didn't really put, the, I didn't want to put them as, you know, on on the video, because you know, there's a, I think there's a lot of questions about the reality of that. There may be interest, there may be something there, but right now it's not really something that I think Arsenal are really pushing for. I think it would cost us a fair chunk of money, and Man United would certainly want to make a profit on the player, even though he's barely played. Because you know why? Because they're quite smart with how they do their business, as pretty much 99% of the other clubs in the Premier League are. It's only Arsenal that choose to give their players away, uh, even after a bad year of playing. Man United would still be looking for a very decent fee. He's a good player, Donny van der Beek, and I think he's been treated harshly by Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, and I think he could have got a fair few more minutes uh, for them this season. But what I would say is that he's... Is it right? Is it worth spending a lot of money on a player that's barely played? Is it a big risk? Of course it is. Um, but it could be a real genius move um, to get that done. We'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. Um, KJ says, uh, Tom, what are your top three realistic transfers this season uh, for Arsenal? And where do you think we should finish if we get them? I mean, realistic, you're looking at attacking midfield. Realistic. Is Martin Odegaard realistic? I don't think he is anymore. I think the Real Madrid are very much going to want to keep him. Is Rodrigo de Paul realistic? Well, obviously, Atletico Madrid are also interested. But I do feel like Arsenal are still an attractive prospect for a, for a player. And I'd love us to go for someone like him. I think that's a really exciting signing. I think that would get fans back on side. I think that really would. I mean, it would make me completely forget about the whole Buendia situation. No problem. Depower is a fantastic, fantastic player. And at 27, I think he'd come in. He's still got five top seasons ahead of him. And uh, and yeah, you could really, really get a lot from him. So I'd go for him. I'd go for Basuma in the middle. And uh, I'd go for Zeki Celik as well. Now, the thing about Zeki Celik is I'm very much aware that everyone watched the Italy-Turkey game. And he didn't have the best game. Now, I really found it a bit of a shame that people just completely wrote off Zeki Celik based upon that game. It really bugs me. I get that this, I bet you, for a lot of people, that may have been the first ever experience they've had of watching Zeki Celik play. 
which obviously means you're going to build up an opinion of a player because it's your only experience. But you need to understand that he's played exceptionally well for Lille this season and last season as well. And is a real quality player at 24. Uh, and he's cheap. So 15 million pounds, 15 million euros-ish around that figure is a really good deal. Um, so I think for three signings, 100%. Go for those ones. Um, Solomon T- Tom says, Gunes Armour. I'm not, I'm not keen on the Solomon hype. I'm sorry. It's just, just not for me. Um, I'm afraid. Uh, Jasmine, oh, I've missed your co- question, Jasmine. Um, <laughs> Tom is smart. He smartly picked Arsenal because he could get daily content because we're linked to like 20 new players each day. Yes, that's why I picked Arsenal, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Jasmine says, Tom, what do you think of Aurelian Tuchemeni from Monaco? He's young and has great potential. Good luck with pronouncing his name. I'm, I mean, Tuchemeni is that's the best. That's the best you can get from me. Um, uh, I'd I think that obviously he's an exceptionally highly coveted player from a lot of clubs around Europe and especially Champions League clubs. So I think you're going to really struggle uh, in that position. Uh, Constantine says, Tom, you talked about White yesterday, but what about comparisons to Holding? Is Ben that better for 40 million? Yeah, of course, mate. He's a lot better than Rob Holding at a much younger age. So, yeah, you can go and cross-reference the statistics with the other tactical breakdowns where we have included Rob Holding. So feel free to go and do that. Uh, Mick Lucas says, do you think uh, we can still get Matt Ryan as Celtic are now interested in their coach? Uh, yeah, being the, the former Australian coach, of course we can still get him. He's actually, I mean, if you look at... Um, if you look at the comments that Matt Ryan has made previously, he's spoken specifically about waiting for Arsenal to play their hand. Um, and I'm re- really kind of, I like the idea that you've got a keeper that he supports Arsenal for first, for starters. He wants to play for Arsenal. We really enjoyed being here for the six months that he was. And I think he'd be open to it. It just frustrates me a little that maybe Arsenal aren't, you know, from what we are aware of anyway, really pushing for that deal and getting it done quicker. Uh, Marcus Brown says, Tom, do you reckon that Arteta will last the whole next season? I don't know, Marcus. I have absolutely no idea, mate. It depends on how we do this summer. It depends how we do with the transfer window. If we're still, if we're like 10th or something by October, uh, even if we've made signings or not, I can't see how they would carry on. I really would struggle to see how they would do that. Uh, so he'll says, Tom, do you think we can get three players from one club in one window? Basuma, Ryan and White. I highly doubt it. Um, yeah, no, I, I think we can. Absolutely no problem, Sahil. It's, it doesn't matter where the, where the player comes from. It doesn't matter how many players you buy from one club because they replace them, and it's just it's a market. Like it, it's just it's just how it works. Like it's, there's absolutely no way in which I can't see that not happening just because they all play for the same club. Um, Haroon says, "Tom, our women's team is in a mess. They've not had the best of seasons, Haroon, but they'll come back, and uh, I hope that I've made a couple of decent signings." Um, and I think hopefully, fingers crossed, they can you know move forward into next season a lot better than they have this and regain the dominance they once had. But there's a lot of good teams now in the women's league. Man United have come out of uh, from their development phase and now they're really looking like a much, much better side. Chelsea are obviously so dominant. Man City have always invested a lot into their team. So fingers crossed Arsenal can turn things around and we'll have a new coach next season as well. Um, so you've got to think about that too. Uh, Interneil says, Tom, would Rodrigo de Paul be signed to be Partey's partner in a deeper role or players the 10? Now, of course, de Paul has been playing as kind of your number eight in a 3-5-2 for Udinese. I do look at him as the most attacking minded of those central players and, do, and kind of moves into that number 10 role a hell of a lot. So I think he, he could play either, but I think that you would probably be better off playing him um, 
in the number 10 role for us because he's got so much more quality around him. Whereas for Udinese, they are spending a lot of time out of position, uh, out of possession, and therefore he has to play more of the counter-attacking style. Um, however, there is scope for Arsenal to play a 4-3-3 with your number six and then play DePaul next to Partey and kind of a double pivot eight with the six in behind. So you've got, he gives you versatility. He gives you variation. And that's good from a player. Ben P says, uh, am I the only one concerned that we haven't been linked with a backup left back yet? Well, we've been linked with a couple. We've been linked with Brian Bertrand. That one's gone very quiet. We've been linked with Josh Duig, uh, the Hibernian left back as well. So we have been linked with a couple, but nothing's really moving as of yet. But there's loads of time, Ben. So uh, chill, son. It's going to be all fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Arsenal never mess up transfer windows. You'll be fine. Uh, Mr. Harrison Carnaby says, have you heard links to Mbolo? He looked really good versus Wales. Yeah, I was waiting for this. <laughs> I was waiting for this question. Um, I did see, I watched the game between Wales and Switzerland. I thought Mbolo had one of the best games I've seen for him. And to be honest, I think that probably says more about him than it does. Uh, yeah, it probably says more about his long-term performances than it does about him being good, uh, necessarily. That's not to say that he's bad as a player. He's just a player that had a lot of hype when he was younger, um, coming through at Basel and then going to Schalke and then now at Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, had a lot of hype around him. As a, quite a few Swiss players get that when they're younger. Like um, Oberlin, who used to play for Salzburg, he was a really like, highly rated player and has not really been able to push on either. Um, so... I, I don't think I'd want him. I don't think he's any better than Lacazette. I don't think he improves us. Uh, and I wouldn't judge him off one game against Wales, is what I would say. Also, I mean, people talk about him saying he played well. That one-on-one -on -one that he had before the corner, he should be burying that shot. I'm sorry, but he should be absolutely burying that chance. Like He's held off two players really well. You threw one-on-one -on -one and you blast it. It's a lack of composure. So, no, not for me. Not for me. Uh, Gustavo says, uh, Tom, what about the Japanese Messi, uh, Daichi Kamada instead of Erdogan? Yes, I think I think Kamada's a great player. Five goals, 15 assists last season is a fantastic return. Um, I have seen, I don't seen loads of him. Uh, I've only done the research that I've done what we did for our top 10 and from speaking to a couple of people that have seen a lot of him. But yeah, 100%. I think he's someone that I would like to have seen Arsenal linked with, and that's why he made our top 10 list for Buendia's alternatives. Um, thanks, mate, for the uh, the comment. I just seen that. I scrolled past. That's annoying. I was going to give you some credit, and I can't see the comment. Ah, oh, there we go. Vicky. Thank you, Vicky. Much appreciate that. Uh, the Red Gorilla says, Tom, why can't Arsenal play, uh, I assume you mean Saliba, um, at right back? Uh, he can play the position and save us spending. Um, he's because mainly because of his delivery and at that end of his game is passing into the box uh, from his right back. So yeah, no, I'm not interested in that. I'm afraid, mate. I don't think he's got the uh, the, the final third capabilities that you need for a right back. To be honest, um, and I don't think we play a style like you look at Juan Foyth and how he played for Villarreal last season. Typically, a centre back played at a right back position because Unai Emery got him to play that role really well and mainly getting the left-hand side, be it Pedraza, be it uh, Alberto Moreno, to be the main attack on the left. And on the right-hand side, they had like Samuel Chukwueze being more of the, the attacking force, and they didn't need Juan Foyth to get forward, and they effectively became like a back three uh, with Juan Foyth playing at that right-back position. So I don't think that's the way that Arsenal want to play. So that's that's the thing there. Uh, Leany, Leany, Lee Tiny Morris says, uh, I would take Kese uh, before Basuma. What do you think? I mean, he's only got... Has he got a... 
a low contract, I think. I think he hasn't got many years left on his deal. Um, has done really well at AC Milan since moving from Atalanta. And yeah, I mean, I would love to see Kessie at Arsenal. I think he's perfect for what we need in that position. Uh, and I think he'd be a really good complement to Partey as well. Some people say they're too similar. I disagree. I think it's, I mean, if you could have two Thomas Partey's, fantastic. Um, <laughs> but I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with that deal. But again, there is the awe of getting a Premier League proven player that Arsenal just don't generally tend to do. That's that's a bit of an issue for me. But I'd like to see us push for more Premier League proven players. Uh, Aya says, uh, the links with Ben White really make me think that we're going to go through at the back. We have talked about this a lot. The maybe Arsenal are looking to because we've got quite a lot of players that work in a three at the back system. Kieran Tierney works in a three at the back system. Um, Gabriel has shown that he can play in that position. He did it really well against Chelsea. Pablo Marie did it as well. Saliba's played in the back three at Saint-Étienne. Um, we've got Bukayo Saka that can play in a wide wing-back role. The right wing-back role is something I'm, I don't know we had the player for. Bellerin arguably could have done, but he's looking like he's going to go. I'm not sure I'd play Chambers at right wing-back, but I would play him at right centre-back in a back three. And holding, I think, works as a better as a central defender, uh, the central of those, of those back three. So I think that, yeah, we have got the scope to do it. Maybe it would limit us more centrally, but maybe it would make us really dangerous in the wings, which is typically where we are best, uh, is on our wide areas. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more and get some more questions. I'll scroll down right to the bottom here. Here we go. Matt G says, Tom, how long does it take to you to get set up before going live? Um, Not long, to be fair. Once you've done it a million times, just, I mean, the green screen is just like, it's easy to set up because it's just, it's just, you know, Oh, there's Thierry Henry. There he is. So it's just, it's pretty easy to sort out, to be honest. So it doesn't take me that long to do it. And then this is all set up already because this is a study. So not long at all whatsoever. Uh, Thabo says, uh, what do you make of Mikel's man management? Um, I, th- I mean, I'm, it's not the best. It's <laughs> probably about where I would say. Uh, Zuhair says, uh, do you think we will even buy any of the long the long list of players that have been linked, uh, will it be a surprise signing? Do I think Do I think it would be a long list of players? I would hope, Zahir, that it is. I would hope that it's a long um, list of players, and I hope that we're really going to push into this market with a hell of a lot of kind of aggression, and we're going to go and get the backup keeper, backup uh, left back, going to go get the central midfielder, the attacking midfielder, the right back. And maybe even a centre-back from the way things are looking. I'm hoping that we go for all of those. But I, oh God, it's really difficult for me to say that, yeah, we're going to do that because we've just seen no evidence. And how and the kind of the kind of looking at the situation we find ourselves in now where nothing's happened before the Euros. We haven't even got any sales out before the Euros. That is a little bit of a concern. So I, I really do struggle right now to think that we are going to be able to do that. Uh, Ajit says Pereira is also quality. Mateus Pereira, I would take DePaul over all of these. He has better all-round game and he's more versatile. I'd agree. Uh, Ringo says Sabitzer, Fakir, and Basuma, and there is our three midfielders. I mean, Sabitzer, of course, can play as a, as an eight, but does prefer playing in a more an attacking position. So I'd rather go for a say a Neves, Fakir, and Basuma kind of formation. Uh, Harsha says Tom, uh, why invest forty to fifty million on a defender? When we are the third best defensive in uh, last season, why not prioritise a part a partner for Partey and a quality number ten? 
Uh, good question, Harsha. It's something that people have put forward quite a lot. I've always turned around and said that, one, we don't know what the budget is. Obviously, we don't know how much we're going to be able to spend. We don't know if this is going to be our biggest signing if we do go for a centre-back. Secondly, if you, have an, if you have the ability to upgrade in any area, whether or not it's your priority, and you can, do it. It's the way you improve your squad. Three, improving your attack can start from the back line. The better you are playing out from the back, the better are setting up your foundation, the more chances and possession you will have and you will create. So I have no problem. I don't think you should look at it as, say, as a priority. I don't think Arsenal are going to look at it as a priority just because we're moving for it first. I mean, if you think about it, we talked about this on yesterday's show. We bid for Emi Buendia. Does that mean attacking midfield is our priority? But now we're going to bid for a centre-back. So it's just the timing of when things are and how we kind of assess them, if you know what I mean. Uh, Correa, Simons, we're going to do a whole dedicated tactical breakdown on him, mate, a little bit later on today. So you'll be able to get all of my thoughts on Yakin Correa. That's coming out this evening. So make sure you tune in for that one. Uh, Covered England, what are your thoughts on England, Croatia? Fingers crossed we can get the job done, lads. Three lines uh, for the win. Fingers crossed we can. And uh, I'd like to see us absolutely smash him and get revenge for the World Cup semi final defeat, of course. Uh, and yeah. And I don't think they're anywhere close to the same side that they were. Watch them go and smash us now. Um, but I think there's a lot of scope for England to do well this tournament. But there's, you know, it's England. And uh, <laughs> England can end up just messing things up, as we seem to always do. It's very, it's unfair being an Arsenal fan and an England fan, because a lot of the same emotions tend to happen supporting both. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, what do we think about Golovin as a number 10? Not of the quality, I'm afraid, Jasmine. Just not for me. Again, another player that was very much hyped as a youngster and just has not quite made it for me as of yet. Um, who's this from? Uh, Alberto Hernandez, who I don't recognize your name. Maybe you're new. Welcome, Alberto. Tom, do you see Pepe having a breakout season next year? And which position do you think... He will thrive in. Loved him at left wing too. Uh, one dimension on the right. Yeah, I agree with you. And I've said it a few times that he's too one dimensional on the right. However, I think he's improving on the right. And I actually see a future for Bakayo Saka more on the left-hand side. I think his creativity is important to really utilize that left foot of his to drive to the byline, cut the ball back on his left, create chances. And Pepe, I think, has shown that has with his lethal left foot, he can still be unpredictable and cut inside. He showed that towards the end of last season. I think if he plays slightly closer to the central striker and further away from a really wide, isolated area, I think he can be excellent for us. So I think Pepe right, Saka left, is for me my ideal situation for both of those players. Anyway, that's going to wrap up today's show. Please make sure you drop a like on the video before you go uh, and appreciate all the hard work that's going into putting into these shows every single day. I'll be back tomorrow morning, of course, as always for the 8am transfer show. And of course, we'll be back again a little bit later today to give you a couple of tactical breakdowns on Tyler Adams and fingers crossed as well on Yakin Kolea as well. Stay well, people. It's never been a time where we have to appreciate life that little bit more than right now. So uh, stay well, stay hopeful, stay positive, and I will see you a little bit later on today. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. 
Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.